Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to episode No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number 93. Hey, we're getting close to 100. <laughs> I know. I, it's a big deal, but I'm getting there. I'm climbing that ladder. I mean, it's been four years since I've done this podcast, but I will get in there. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. This is a podcast about a journey of discovery. What I mean is I'm trying to figure this out one day at a time. And I really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Well, if it's your first time, welcome. This is a little bit different than I normally do it. It's a little different format this time in this episode. A few weeks ago, well, not a few weeks ago, a few days ago, I recorded an episode live on the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast Facebook page and YouTube channel. And my guest was Brian Penso, the author of the book, Who Are You and Why in the Evolution View. It was my first time streaming. It was a lot of fun. And I got to share um, a really good episode with Brian. And also, I want you to hear, that's why I'm putting it, on, putting it as a podcast today. This is going to be more live episodes in the future. So I think more live in the future, and it'll be like one of these kind of formats when I also edit and down to be on a podcast. If you want to, don't want to miss anything, head over to No City on the Sideline, Dan Podcast, Facebook page, and click like or follow. Whatever is easy for you, so you're going to miss a live episode. You can also, near the end, it's not going to end like it normally does. We just come back. I give you a few things with links and stuff you can find. You can find more about Brian over at whoareyouny.net. That's his link to his webpage. And also, you can find all the show notes and links for this episode at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 93. I really appreciate it. So let's jump right into the interview. Welcome to the live recording of the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast. Today on the podcast, my guest, Brian Penso, the author author, Who Are You and Why? The Evolution of You. Brian, also coach, mentor, public speaker, on, serial entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Well, thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invite. I kind of like the title of your book. Who are you and why? Because it's important. Who are you? Because some people never know who the heck they are and why. Why Why are they who they are? Yeah, a lot of times people don't understand that uh, success in life is based upon knowing yourself. It's not so much as knowing your surroundings of the people around you. You have to pay attention to those. But it's more important to know who you are and how you got there. And that's that's why I wrote the book. It's kind of a a stepping stone layout. It's 10, it's 10 chapters to give people an idea of who they are, what manipulations and what things took place to kind of steer them in the direction that they went in, which is not necessarily the direction that they wanted to go in. So that is the eye opener of the book at the beginning. And then there's steps in there that show people how to take the measures it takes to start changing their viewpoints and asking themselves, why do I think the way I do? That's a very important question that people do not ask themselves. Well, it's interesting too, reading some of your book and I was wondering, cause you know, life is a journey and stuff like that. And you mentioned something about pro bass fishing, like bass tournament. What was that like? I was kind of curious. I've always wanted to know what, cause I have a hard time fishing with my son. It's like, I tie the hook and throw it in there. And I, and I, I might, I might cheat a little bit and buy the minnows. There so you go. I was kind of curious about that journey because that was, you know, that's a life, that's part of your journey also. Right. That was actually the foundation of my journey. Uh, as a young man, I watched professional fishing on TV as a kid, and I said, that's what I want to do. 
But I also realized that that took a lot of money and it took a lot of time and freedom, which that's why I went to entrepreneur route uh, because I knew that I had to have money and I had to have the time to take off and go however I pleased. I have fished all over the United States. I fished uh, the top tours in the United States, FLW, PAA, uh, back in the day, Bassmasters. And I have fished against the best in the world. I've done fairly well. Um, I got burnt out on it about seven years ago and, and took a break. I'm actually looking to get back into it. But it's an absolute rush. I've met some unbelievable people. I have fished some of the most beautiful water that you'll ever want to be on in Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas. It was a rush to actually fish against my idols that I watched on TV as a kid. But that was my goal. That was the end point that I had to stay focused on in order to push me through my own journey and deal with all my ups and downs. Well, it's interesting, too. You said it's the foundation of your story. So when foundation is important, what is somebody who's thinking about trying to figure out who they are and try to establish a good foundation? Well, they, they like I said, they have to look internally. Um, where are you at? Do people trust you? Are your ethics good? How are your moral? When you tell somebody something, do, can they take it to the bank? Or they say, oh, you know, John said he was going to be there at 4 o'clock, but you know how he is. He's not going to get there till 445. Well, if people can't trust you in just a personal basis, they'll never trust you in a bigger basis, whether it's a business, whether it's a meeting, whether it's, you know, your input on an idea. So first and foremost, we have to establish ourselves on putting ourselves, our own checks and balances in. How is my word? How are my ethics? Do I do what I say and say what I do? And once you start to get that narrowed down, your journey is going to start to take a little bit different direction. You're going to find that you're going to associate with more people that you are picking and choosing yourself and spending a little less time around the people that are being negative, telling you not to do that. Oh, don't go look for another job. Don't start that business. What if it fails? That's the kind of stuff that you have to be able to recognize and cut it loose. That's interesting. I was thinking about that. People are telling me, you know, you know, that'll never work. You like you watch a like you watch a TV show or or commercial or read a book. I'm like, that's a great idea. I really want to try that. And they're like, that's stupid. That that will never work. What kind of mm-hmm. why do you think people do that? Uh, it's because they're miserable in their own lives. They really have nothing to offer, and they do not want to see anybody else be successful. It's the crabs in the bucket syndrome. You know, a guy wants to step out of the bucket and the, other, and the crab starts crawling up. Well, all of the other crabs aren't so happy about that, so they grab him and pull him back down. <laughs> Successful people always have a bullseye on them. And the higher up the ladder you go, the more your butt gets exposed and the more you become a target because people don't want to see you succeed. They'll smile in your face and shove a spike in your back because it's just, it's just kind of a covert way to keep people suppressed which is bad. And you have to learn to start recognizing that. Are they out and telling you this for your best interest or for their best interest? Because they don't want to see you get ahead. That's interesting. World's full of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard stories like that. People, I just, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not helpful because it holds a lot back a lot of people, I think. And they don't want to try the, try the new things and stuff like that. Well, one thing I was interested in too is, the painting outside the lines. I thought that was quite interesting in your book, painting outside the lines, because I was never good at a kid calling inside the lines. I was curious about painting outside the lines. What was you talking about that in the book? Well, if you look at it when we're young, our motor skills aren't developed. 
take a child mm-hmm. and he gets a coloring book or whatever, and he's scribbling all over. He's not inside of the lines. See, at that point in time, he doesn't care. He is just creating something. He's scribbling. He's doing all over, but he's happy. It's okay at that point in time. And then as they get older and they start to progress, then they start getting corrected. This is when the the conformity starts to come into play. Well, you know, that's the wrong color for a pig. You need to stay inside the line. See the little black lines? So you have to stay inside of those. So at one point in time, it was acceptable for us to do what we wanted to do. And as we got older, they want us to paint inside of the lines. Well, that's when the manipulation started. So what I tell people is, is don't color inside the lines. Color outside. Do what it is that you want to do, not what someone else is dictating to you. And unfortunately, probably 95 to 96% of the population lives a life that was laid out for them by other people. It's not the path that they have chosen. It's not the path that they want to be on. And to tell you the truth, there's a lot of miserable people out there that do not like their circumstances because there were circumstances that were pushed on them. They are not in a place from their own selections. Well, can you uh, share any stories of yourself, any of your experience of you growing up or going through the experiences you have? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was born in Ohio, um, you know, spent a lot of time in the country, in the woods and fishing and hunting. And my dad was a firm believer in, you know, you got to go to college. You got to get that degree on the wall. You know, you got to have, you know, they got to pay for what's up <laughs> here. And I barely got out of high school with C's and D's. So I realized at a very early age that working was for somebody was not going to be for me. I watched my dad work for insurance companies and he was miserable. So I actually started my first company when I was 15 years old. I started building fishing lures because that was my passion. And then my brother uh, would drive me around to the different marinas to sell my product. And so that's where I start stepping out of the box. You know, it's like, oh, no, you got to you got to go to school, got to go to college. I said, I can't even stand high school. How am I going to spend eight years in college? And that's where I really started to step out of the path because I wasn't one to be controlled. Um, I got in a lot of trouble going down a lot of the wrong roads, but because I was headstrong. So when people told me that I couldn't do something, of course, I would prove them wrong. But that system for me paid off because I haven't had a job in 30 years. I've got multiple companies. Uh, I've got one massive company here in Houston, and we manufacture concrete products, and we ship all over the United States to some very high roller uh, uh, clientele because we're custom fabricators. I build exactly to the T what it is that they want, and that's why people trust me to do these massive projects, huge apartment complexes, and that sort of thing. So as far as stepping out goes, I knew what I wanted to do at an early age. I wanted to fish professionally. I wanted to have the freedom to do what it is that I wanted to do. My goal wasn't to be rich by any stretch of the imagination, and I never really was rich. But I had my time, and I had my freedom, which is two things that most people in the country don't have because they will not step out and get off of that path that was chosen for them. 
Well, if, 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 all right. Say if today I wanted to step on, on that path, what kind of decisions, what kind of choices do I have to make now and build in a good foundation? All right. First of all, you got to find out what is the end. What is the end in mind? People say, I want to be rich. Yeah, it's kind of vague. Okay, you want to be rich. What are you going to do with the money? There's got to be a significance tied to the money. Well, I want to give to kids charities, or I want to put money in to stop child trafficking and human trafficking. So now you've got a foundation, and you have to have the end in mind, and here's why. You're going to get resistance. The roads are going to be washed out. You're going to have trees across the trails. You're going to have all kinds of things that are going to stop you or attempt to stop you on your journey. I lost everything in my journey. I was homeless for many years. I slept in old, dirty warehouses. I uh, had a, a $3 hairdryer that I used to heat up my bed. I didn't have enough money to eat every day, but I had to find enough money to make sure that my rescue dog, Abby, who was my famous sidekick, <laughs> that never left my side, that got me through so much stuff. So you have to have the end in mind. There was hundreds, even thousands of times that I could have thrown in the towel. But the goal, the end goal, of me fishing against my idols, against the best in the world, is what made me get back up after getting knocked down, stolen product, people not paying their bills, couldn't pay my rent. I mean, there's just a multitude of things that are going to come up, and it's called resistance. It's how you deal with the resistance, whether or not you're going to make it. And that's just one thing is staying focused. What is the end goal? It's interesting too. You know, limit like I'm thinking about myself. Think about yourself for a second. I think about you actually for a second. What I'm trying to say, and I'm talking about being homeless and about your dog Abby, and um, that must mentally that must take a toll on somebody, and it must ruin their beliefs. How how did you believe in yourself to pull yourself out of that? Because that'd be difficult. It was. It was extremely difficult. But mistakes are going to be made. You know, I mean, the, the fail forward analogy is the most powerful thing that I can get anybody that's on here to understand. There are no quick trips to the top. Why do you think there's so many elevators to the top of a big building? You have to get on one elevator and you have to ride that elevator up so many floors. Then you have to get off that elevator to get on another elevator up so many floors. I mean, Mount Everest, look at how many people that try to make that summit that don't make it. Yeah. But look how many people that do. It's a it's a mindset. It's, you know, conditioning ourselves to say, you know what? That didn't work. What do I need to do? Steps and measures now that I have more information. What can I do to protect myself from the same scenario down the road? There is no pill. There is no manual. You have to learn as you go. Reading my book. You can, uh, my webpage is whoareyouandwhy.net. They can go in there and read a little bit about my background, my bio, testimonials, that sort of thing. But reading is the shortcut to success. It always has been. Some of the most successful people on the planet are ferocious readers. They go to lectures. They go to seminars. They're learning from people that have the fruit on the tree. They're not associating with a bunch of broke people trying to give them advice on how to be successful. They don't have a track record. I ran with some very high-powered people for a long time. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development. 
Well, it's important. I guess sports personal development is um, important too. But how about mentors or mastermind groups? How 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 important are those? Oh, you can't even put a dollar value on a mentor. If they if people out there do not have a mentor of some sort, they need to get one. A mastermind. You got to be very careful when you build one. I have about five people in mind. And if I get stuck, I get on the phone and I throw my idea to them. And the reason that they are in my group is because they've earned it. They're mm-hmm. all very successful people. They have multiple companies like myself. So I know that they're going to give me some feedback. Now, mastermind is not all about having someone that's an expert in your field. You don't want that. You want a different set of eyes looking from the outside in. Now, I have people that call me that get stuck on different types of businesses. I don't know anything about their business. But business and adjusting is all part of the game. So they call me with a problem. And I say, well, give me a little bit of time and let me see what I can come up with. Now, I throw them back an idea. Now, they're going to take that idea and they're going to look at it, analyze it, and tear it apart. There could be valuable tools in there. There may not be valuable tools. But one key phrase that I say in a conversation, say, oh, I just thought of somebody that knows what, how to do what I'm looking for. So it's not always getting in a mastermind group because you want them to give you all the answers. The mastermind group is designed to get you to expand your own mind and come up and create your own solution. That's the beauty of having a mastermind group, having a mentor to bounce some things off. I call them a sounding board. Hey, John, what do you think about this idea? Well, you know, let me let me do some research on it and I'll get back with you. What is up if I was beauty. What if I was search, what if I was searching for a mentor today and and what would be the criteria? It's kind of like, how would I go about doing it? Some people really don't know. Well, what first and foremost, you're going to have, to, number one, going back to where we were, what is the end result? Is it, do you want to write a book? Is it, did you want to make money? Is it whatever that is? And then start to search for people that have done what it is that you're looking to do. Networking. Oh, my God, I cannot tell you how valuable networking is. And people say, well, you know, you can't go anywhere, all this COVID stuff. You can't meet people. I do Zooms with people around the world. Zoom is an amazing tool. I can have a conversation with somebody in Egypt, Ireland, England, whatever, as long as they have an uh, an Internet connection. So I tell people, join a network group. Go in there. And start building some rapport with people, asking questions. Be more focused on them than yourself. You always go to give, not to get. So as you start to build a relationship and people start to understand that you're there for more than just self-serving, they understand that you're there to bring value to them as well. Maybe somebody's looking for a painter and you say, hey, my buddy's a painter. He's got a 25-year track record. Okay, You introduce them. Now, whether or not that works or not, that is still yet to be determined. But you made a connection. And the connection and the connecting of the dots is so valuable. Is it going to happen right away? No. But if you're not out there, you know, meeting successful people, getting to know them, building a network, because your network is a direct contributing factor to your net worth. What is that? that? What is 
What does that What's mean, that? though? What does that mean? Your net worth. How many nickels you got in the bank? Well, I, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of assets you have? Your net worth. If you're trying to establish yourself in a business world and you're sitting over here all by yourself, you don't know how to market. You don't know how to advertise. You don't know how to set up a web page. Well, if you're sitting over here in a pile struggling to try to figure out how to do those things, you're not going to make it. So if you start networking and you say, ah, I met this person over here. His name's John. He's a master at building web pages. We check some people that's dealt with John. I say, oh, no, John, John will work day and night to get your web page up and run it. Okay, so that's what I mean by networking. We're looking for people that have value to bring to the organization. So now we've got a, a phenomenal web page. It's bulletproof, works like a champ. Oh, advertising. So you're meeting somebody say, well, I don't know anything about advertising, but my sister, man, she's been in advertising for, you know, about 15 years and she's really good at what she does. That person just stuck you in a line to the next person. So it's the dots that connect that lead us to additional information, better information. That makes sense too. And I was thinking about that, about mentors and stuff like that. Doesn't that you don't have to, do you have to be like, um, could you just follow somebody online through a podcast or read a book? Could they be like a virtual mentor to you? Oh, you bet. You bet. Yeah, I mean, reading the books and, you know, following them. Do they have a podcast? Do they have a, a talk show? And and get on there. And, and don't make the excuse that, oh, I got to go mow the lawn during that podcast. <laughs> Weigh it out. Is mowing the grass going to get you farther or closer to your destination or farther away from it? And that is the mental aspect that people have to start putting in checks and balances. Because trust me, finding excuses is a whole lot easier than finding solutions. And that's almost, why so many people do it. It was almost like people are hesitant to go get off their button to do something. Right. Yeah. Right. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to, hey, you know, what kind of car you want today? Write a check for it. Oh, you want a bigger house? Sure, I'll write you a check for it. Nobody's coming to do that. So guess what? We all have to put our big boy and big girl pants on, figure out where it is we want to go, and start walking the path toward the end result. But the most important part is figuring out what that is. And that's why so many people aimlessly walk through life living robotically they do the same thing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They don't change. It's because they do not have the end in mind. It was interesting, too. Also, reading the book, I, I was reading about goals and the law of attraction. It was very fascinating. What is that all about? The law of attraction, and this can get very deep. Mm -hmm. um, the general population does not understand that the mind is so powerful with its communication. We all put off frequencies. We all put out signals. Now, depending on how those signals are working and the power of them is going to be determined by who you attract. I'll give you a prime example. I did a lecture a year and a half ago. I walked off stage and a guy said, do you have a book? And I said, no. He said, you need one. I said, I don't know nothing about writing a book. <laughs> He said, well, I've been in and around corporate America for 25 years, and I got more out of you in the last 45 minutes in your lecture on your subject than I did in the last 25 years listening to, to a lot of people that only thought they knew what they were talking about. I said, well, I appreciate the compliment. I said, but I don't know nothing about writing a book. 
So that's as far as it went. And then I said, well, I guess it's time to write a book because he was probably number 35 or 40. That was all I did. That's all I did. I made a decision mentally to say, yes, it's time to write a book. Two days later, I'm on Facebook. And an advertisement came through for a group or an organization of some very high-powered leaders, one being Les Brown. Absolutely love that guy. He is just a phenomenal speaker. And I signed up for it. I got VIP tickets, sat up in the front. I go to this show. It was called Mastery of Greatness. So if it's personal development, I'm a sponge. I want to go. The three-day lecture was how to properly write, submit, and release a book. Oh, wow. And nothing, nothing in the advertisement said anything about writing a book. It just said personal development, Les Brown. So that's what I mean by attraction. I simply made the decision that I was going to do something. And I actually attracted something into my own personal space that led me to someone that could help me accomplish what the goal was that I had set. I didn't go out looking. Mm -hmm. That's the power of of the the laws of attraction that are a creation as well. I mean, you can create things and you can attract things, but it's a matter of how clear your mind is and how focused you are. Because think about it. There's people out doing drugs all the time and they're drinking and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. What do they do? They attract bad things. Now, bad things do happen to good people. That's inevitable. That's how you deal with it. But how many people do you know that, you know, multiple DWIs or drug cases or, you know, they're on job number six this year? It's not the people that they're working for. It's them. But they refuse to recognize that. So it's, it's we have to fix this first. And that's the foundation of the book. Mm -hmm. is figuring out who we are, how we got there, the measures that need to be changed so we can start straightening out our mind, getting more focused. Because as you get focused on things, you will attract better things in your life. Well, one question I have, um, but I talk about a lot about personal development and stuff like that. What kind of personal, like if I was going to ask, like, what's a good way to personal development, how to look for it, what kind of things I like, can you do and maybe some ideas? Oh my gosh, the the list is is amazing. Um, there's eat that frog. There's a book called Eat That Frog. Uh, Brian Tracy, uh, mm-hmm. Jim Collins is another phenomenal author. Uh, good to great. So you you kind of just look for books, and I mean I'd be more than happy. I mean people go in there and they read my book as a foundation. Who are you and why dot net is where they can go do that. They have access to email to me. It's like okay, I finished this book. What two books or what next, what book do you want to recommend next? And I could do that for a long time. As far as references, um, what books to read, some of the value that's in there. If you're looking to straighten out relationships, um, that's relationship repair is also going to start with this. You've got to fix it. You got to fix this. You know, it's like your kids. It's like, the kids, when they come out, don't have manuals with them. Oh, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> so it's alert as you go. I mean, I had never gone out with anybody who had a child. And this young lady that I went out with had this young boy that was basically both of them were abandoned. And I'm thinking, 
holy mackerel, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah, I had to learn. Yeah, it's like doing, like doing this live. This is the first live or the po- live interview of the podcast. It's I'm learning as I'm going, and I'm trying. It's a different kind of um, format for me. It sounds like it's sim- it's like a little bit similar when we're talking about the interview part of it. It's, I do that all the time, but I'm also thinking in my head. I also have the live comp, the live thing going on too. I'm like, I'm trying to trying to be focused, but it's interesting because I'm trying something new. I'm getting out of my comfort zone and pushing myself to different. And that's something I think you mentioned in the book, right? Oh, you have to push yourself because you got to look at it. Let's say you are a welder mm-hmm. or a plumber or an IT person. When you go to work, look at the people that are in your field that have been there for 10, 12 years longer than you have been. Do they have the ideal life? Do they have time freedom? Do they have lots of money? Not that money is the be all, do all. Are they happy? So that can kind of give you an idea of the journey that you're on, where it's going to end up. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a job to pay the bills. But when you punch out of that clock, you need to go home and start to figure out who you are and why, how you got there, and stop and think, what destination do I want to get to? Because the one that I'm heading toward right now is a no-win situation. I've got multiple generations of X. My dad Mm -hmm. did it. My granddad did it. And they were all broke and miserable their entire lives. So I can only assume by their track record that that's what's going to happen with me as well. And that's when you have to start saying, okay, I did a podcast about uh, two weeks ago and people that were looking to make some extra money. Well, a friend of mine has a glass repair place and he will teach people. They can go down there and spend the day with them. It's going to cost you about 200, 250 bucks. And he will teach you how to do windshield repair. Now, that opens up a door for this individual to go out and make $40 a day to $100 a day. How bad do you want it? So you can take that additional money and start to put it into a bigger idea. Maybe you want to start a translation company, but you don't have the recording facility. You don't have the mics. You don't have blah, blah, whatever that is. Go start a side hustle. Generate the cash flow that you can use to build another rung on the ladder. Success is always based upon stepping stones or rungs on a ladder. So hustle it up. Maybe go out and work three days a week in the afternoon or find a corner on a Saturday and go out and do $100, $150 worth of glass repairs. Because let me tell you, you have a never-ending supply of inventory. I mean, Definitely. there's ships on you know, windshields everywhere. So you start to do that. Then you use that money to start your other business. That's how I started one of the biggest companies that I have. I was a journeyman meat cutter for a long time. <clears throat> I cut meat for eight hours a day. And I cut and I poured concrete six to eight hours a day after I was done. So you really really worked hard. Um, Well, I guess I'm wrapping up final thoughts, final thoughts. We leave with the audience. Anything you want to leave some parting thoughts? I would say if you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. And the first thing that I would recommend is go to my webpage, who are you and why.net. 
and do a little bit of reading on there. See if anything in those little snippets that's on there or anything about my bio or anything in the testimonials, see if anything hits you a little bit differently. Order the book. It's about a two-day read. I've had people read it an entire day. It's a two- to three-day read. But you're not done. You're going to read this book, and you're going to put it on the side on a shelf. And if you send me an email, I'll send you another one that you can go get. In about three to four weeks, your mind is starting to develop. So when you get done with book number two, you're going to go back to my book. Because you never even get close to absorbing the full potential of a book on one read. It actually takes about 40 to 50 reads to even get to about 50 to 60%. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. Well, also, Brian, where the, also they can connect to connect your website, where whoareyou.net. Um, they can also ask questions and information if they want to get in touch with you. Sure. There's a place they can email me. All links will be in the show notes for this episode. Brian, I really want to say thank you much for being on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it, sir. Man, I appreciate your invite. Thank you very much. I enjoy my time here.